bounces away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. We are a group of ex-writers from Real Sport, and like them, we are by the fans and for the fans. Each episode, we like to take an analytical view of the NRL while also having some fun along the way. Joining me for this episode, reviewing round one and previewing round two, we have Daniel Friend. Friendy, how you going? G'day, Bo. Yeah, ready to go. I, I really liked the um, footy on the weekend. I thought it was a really good round one, so can't wait to talk about round two. It does bode well for the rest of the season, doesn't it, Kieran Gibson, who is also joining me? Yes, it definitely does. It was a, a great round. New team in the competition that, that really uh, uh, ended the weekend on a, a good tone, and the rest of the weekend was great as well, so keen for more footy this weekend. Some good, close games for sure. I do want to just give a little shout-out here to our friend and co-host, usually, Miles Stedman who was the person that did not well he invited Kieran Gibson and I to the Dolphins game but did not secure a ticket for us he decided in the end he had to go alone uh seemed to have a really great time but we also caught up with Miles at the pub after the game and also Saturday night so shout out to Miles Stedman you friend of the pod Friend of the pod, yeah, <laughs> member of the pod. Uh, talking about uh, some close games and things like that, there were some bold predictions last week. I predicted that Isaiah Katoa and Paul Alamotti would score on their debuts. They did not. Friendy, you predicted that Jeremy Marshall King would be the first Dolphins try scorer. I'm, oh, I, he almost was. He was the one that shot through the gap. Yeah, he was. He had a really good game too. I think he's an outstanding player and he's – Certainly on the up, I think they've got a good one there. But yeah, the hammer, the first try scorer for the Dolphins. So well done to him. More on that in just a moment. And Kieran Gibson, first bowl prediction of the year. I, I did. I basically laid it on a platter for you when you tipped the Broncos. I said, mate, that is so bold, you may as well call it. And you did, and you were up. And they did it. I mean, they only won by one, but I, th- I thought they did it kind of easy. Like, they looked comfortable. They did. Yeah, they, they really shut down the, the Penrith attack. It was awesome to watch. Um, I normally don't support the Broncos, but I quite enjoyed watching them beat the Panthers in that fashion. Yeah, shout out to all those Panthers fans. You've had enough wins recently, so let the other guys have a go. And the Broncos did look good. Let's talk about the wildcard awards for this coming week. Friendy, what do you got for us? This week, Bo, as most listeners know, a lot of mine are Simpsons or Seinfeld references. And I've <laughs> gone again. I've gone the Springfield Gorge Award. And the gap from top to bottom in this competition is as big as the Springfield Gorge. I think we saw that on the weekend with the two games in particular on, well, from Thursday night, the first game to the to the third game, they were great games. The one in the middle, my Knights, who absolutely stink with the ball in hand against the Warriors, uh, I just think the gap from top to bottom is is just enormous. It's, um, yeah, it, it's a bit concerning. I, I think the... The bottom five this year will be so far removed from the rest of the competition. It's not funny. So, uh, yeah, the Springfield Gorge Award, and it goes to yeah, the whole competition. Not a bad chat, that one, especially like – and I, I kind of thought you were going in a different direction there with that reference because you, you think about like all the fans of teams like the Bulldogs and, of course, uh, Chris Waring's Tigers mm. who have recruited really heavily and you're like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it. Uh-huh. And then they – they don't make it. <laughs> they fall into they're the not, gorge round one. They're not going to make it. 
Yeah. <laughs> not good. I don't think those teams are playing finals, but we, we didn't think that at the start of the season either. Chris, uh, not Chris. You're not Chris. Chris isn't here. He dodged us. Kieran, what's your wildcard award this week? I don't have a name for mine, but I've got the, I think it's the, the irony of um, the crackdown on HIAs where we saw on the weekend drink water get hit in the head by Rapana and then I can't remember who Graham hit um, and neither were Simbin or maybe Wade Graham did get Simbin, but um, Rapana didn't get drink, uh, or mm. Simbin for the hit on drink water. And I just thought it was funny for all the talk about the doctors stepping in and, and having too much of, of an influence on players getting a HIA, but then we let players like Rapana get away with a hit like that. It, it's kind of uh, ironic just that we have that sort of maybe double standard on head high still at the moment uh, where we're cracking down in one area, but then another area they were kind of loose. And then you go back to when we had Magic Round a couple of years ago and obviously that was too too far um, on the safe side. But uh, yeah, we kind of need to come closer to like a, a more agreed state where we're ruling all kind of headshots the same. I do agree with that. We are going to tackle that in just a moment. So I'll do my wildcard award first and then we'll, we will dive into that because that there was some controversy around that, particularly around some of the pundits in the media. But before we do, I'm going to give out... Friendy, you mentioned that you often do uh, Simpsons or Seinfeld references. I often do movie references. That's me. And mine's named after the Avatar director, James Cameron. So it's the James Cameron Award for a bizarre creation. And it goes to the Hammer Dolphin. Yes, I was sad to see Hammer so leave (laughs) Kieran's Cowboys. But I understood he was too good to be playing less than 10 minutes a game of NRL footy, as I think we all did. Now, after a line break from Jeremy Marshall King, as you mentioned, Friendy, the, the Hammer will always be the Dolphins' first try scorer in the NRL, creating the Hammer Dolphin. So he wins the James Cameron Award for Bizarre Creation. Yeah, the funny thing is, Bo, sports bet, and I know you're not much of a punting man, but for those of us who are, sports bet actually, they're sponsoring like like a, or adopted a dolphin. So they're paying for certain things for that dolphin from now on and they were the competition on the weekend was whoever scored the first try would be that's the going to be the dolphin's name so the dolphin is now called hammer (laughs) (laughs) well that's what that's tied in together very nicely Mm. let's talk about some of the main news and we've basically touched on both things there the hia controversy and also fins up so let's start with the hia controversy i think let's get into it now obviously as Kieran mentioned, there has been some inconsistency over the last couple of years. Like sometimes they're going too hard on on high tackles, sometimes not hard enough. The Rapinar example, I think, was ridiculous. Not only because I'm a Cowboys fan, obviously, Kieran and I, we were sitting there watching it together with Miles uh, at, at the pub that time. But it, was, it wasn't just the hit. It was actually the swinging arm as he was on the ground. I thought, well, if anything is going to get a sin bin for a professional intentional foul – that's the thing, not necessarily the bad hit, the actual swinging arm afterwards. Uh, so that was a bit confusing for me. Wade Graham's borders on the reckless because he was like completely off the ground launching himself into somebody's head with his shoulder. So I can cop both of those being sin bins or suspensions or whatever, whatever. But there's a there's other controversy around the HIA as well, especially if a player has a very, very minor bump and is showing no signs, according to the team's doctors, of any sort of concussion symptoms, but they're being ordered off by a, an independent doctor who is stationed in the bunker. So they're not even at the ground, they're in the bunker. And this has caused a fair bit of controversy in the media. Phil Gould, often known for his very, very 
normal takes, has called it uh, the greatest abomination in the history of the NRL, which I think is a bit overstepping the mark. But he might have a point that the game has gone too far or that maybe this is not the solution. So I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on this. Friendy, do you have a take? Yeah, I think so. Just being a pure football fan, I want to see the best players stay on the field for as long as possible. And it just seems like you look at Kalen on the weekend, Kalen Ponga, uh, he comes off at a crucial time, obviously for my side. Mm -hmm. He's nearly scored a try uh, and he gets taken off for sort of an innocuous knock a couple of uh, sets earlier and then he's he's out for the game now. So that basically ruled out us challenging at all and you can go on about player safety and everything like that. But just as a fan, from a fan's point of view, we want to see the best players playing for as long as possible. So I, I totally understand where the NRL is coming from. Mm. They want to put player welfare first and that's completely fine. They're human beings. We want to look after them. They're not just yeah monkeys for our entertainment. Uh, but... I think there's, yeah, maybe been a little overreaction to certain things like that. And I guess that's built upon Kalen having a, a series of these head knocks over the last couple of years. And he, he did stay down a little bit in the tackle that they said. So I think he was just trying to milk a penalty, but he sort of got what he deserved there because he stayed down. They've got to take him off. So I don't know if there's some sort of middle ground do, they, do the players sign some sort of waiver saying they won't sue the NRL later in life? Because realistically, that's what they're worried about most, the NRL. Mm-hmm. Um, they can put it under player safety as much as they like, but I think that's their main um, objective is to stop being stop themselves being sued like the NFL. So I'm really just at a loss to how we, I don't know, fix this issue because we can't keep having like – the Roosters had what? five of them or something, a couple of guys multiple times. I, I just don't think you can have that in the game. I, I I don't know. I'm not sure what the answer is though. So, yeah, not too sure. Well, you, Kieran, do you have – do you agree with Friendy that it's kind of like a, a blurred zone of not really knowing what the answer is or or is, is there some solutions that you can see potentially? I guess I can offer, offer some sort of a solution. It's not like a uh, – doesn't – solve the whole problem, but I don't think it should be a standardized 15 minutes, especially in the case of, as Friendy said, Ponga's case on Friday, he came off with about 12 minutes to go or however long it was. And, and that was him done for the game. Um, I, I don't think it. say he passes that test, that test doesn't surely take 15 minutes. So he should really be allowed back on as soon as he's deemed fit to go back on, if he is deemed uh, okay to go back on. Um, but yeah, then I don't know. It's a, it's such a tough one because um, you can't really just have 30 years of your life playing footy and then the rest of it, your brain's just not functioning properly. Yeah, but at the, and then at the same time, you look at Origin last year where there were players that were legitimately ruled out everywhere you could see that they had to come off the field. Mm-hmm. But the intensity of Origin, if, if that's how it's done in Origin as well, the doc, independent doctors are used like that, you'll have six players left on the field by the end of the game. So I'm not really sure what the answer is. Well, let's let's draw some lines in the sand like we we all saw Tavita Tatsola on the weekend first hit up of the game he gets hit in the head mm-hmm. he come it's a head clash actually with Finucane uh he tries to get to his feet and stumbles falls over that's him ruled out of the game I think that's fair play at that point yeah. like you know the independent doctor has gone in sat there and gone that is a significant head injury there's a clear sign of that same with uh Cobo in origin the guy was like laying prone on the ground 
you're gone. Sorry, champ. You might feel better in 15 minutes time, but that's irrelevant. You're out. Uh, so we all agree on that. That's, that's, you know, and obviously head injuries are a big deal. I agree with you, friendy. The NRL's primary objective is probably not to get them sued into oblivion. Um, so there, there has to be some mitigation of, of risk that goes on. And, that in, and, and that's what things like the judiciary are for, you know, punishments for any sort of head contact, no shoulder charges, all that sort of stuff, trying to mitigate risk as much as possible. And that's what the independent doctor is there to do, to take the decision out of club's hands. I don't agree with Ricky Stewart. I think there should be an independent doctor. I don't think it should be up to club doctors because as soon as you have the risk of a conflict of interest, you're, you're playing with dangerous stuff. Ricky Stewart might be an honest coach, but you just, just, you just don't want the conflict of interest potential. So independent doctor is the right way forward. We, they often get it right, but... To your point about the 15 minutes, Kieran, it's it's interesting. Like I'm thinking about, you know, getting my COVID shots and stuff like that, right? Whenever I've gone to get my COVID shot, the booster or whatever, they've said, hey, look, can you just like stick around for 15 minutes? Um, you know, just to make sure, just to make sure there's no ill effect. Because if there is an ill effect, we'll probably know in 15 minutes. And I'm happy to do that because who knows, right? I'd rather drop and faint in their office than on the road or something. And maybe it's the same with concussions. Like maybe the test itself takes five minutes, but we don't know for sure what's going to happen in 10 10 minutes after that, right? So maybe that's why that exists and I'm not a concussion expert. But is there some kind of middle ground where the the independent doctor says, look, we've got to get him at least to the sideline, right? There's a preliminary test, which is like, one or two minutes to to work out whether there's any any symptoms whatsoever, and if there is zero symptoms, like it's obviously innocuous, we can get them straight back out. Uh, in the in the case of Ponga, who was clearly okay, thoughts, Randy? Yeah, I'd agree. Something like that. I mean, it's probably up to the medical professionals to decide, but uh, they're, they're going to know better than better than I as to when someone's. Yeah, not feeling any symptoms or not, because you can't just yeah leave it to the player. They're just gonna imagine a grand final, like they're just gonna say, "I'm sweet, get me back on yep. there." Uh, and it's all about the they talk about the repeated knocks, so knock upon knock. So if someone does get a bit of a, a head knock and it's a maybe a slight concussion, and then they go out and get another one ten or fifteen minutes later that's the one that's the bad one and can create that CTE later down the track and potential issues from there. So, yeah, I mean, something like that sounds great, mate. I, I, as I said, I, I really don't know, but I'm not sure we can continue to create good spectacles if we're just constantly pulling players off. Yeah. <laughs> Title of their sex tape, pulling players off. Yeah, I realised as that, as that came out, I realised what I was saying. That sounded good. Uh, I mean, like, depends on the player, I think. Uh, you know, some of them look all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kieran, uh, after my little diatribe there, did that did that shift your thinking at all or, or are you still kind of confused about the way forward? No, I mean, definitely. I'm, as Frenji said, I'm not a doctor. If, if the 15 minutes is uh, that's something that is – that definitely needs to be done, then I'm not going to disagree with that. Uh, it just, uh, if you know earlier whether or not a player is okay to go on or not, that's that 15 minutes I don't think needs to be in place any longer. Mm. That all makes sense. The long, the long and short of it is that I, I obviously concussion serious. We, we agree with that. 
we definitely need to have strong HIA protocols. But is there a way that we can preserve the spectacle of the game as well? Because that's what we're all here for as well. Uh, so, you know, if anyone has any thoughts, you know, leave us a comment on the Facebook page under this post. You know, what is what is the way forward with HIAs? Has Phil Gould got it right? Is it the biggest abomination in the history of the sport? I'm not so sure about that. That would be the Cowboys losing 2005 grand final. The second bit of main news is fins up. What a start for the Dolphins. Round one, beating the Roosters, Premiership heavyweights. Kieran, the only person that I know that saw that coming was your brother, the BE, Owen Gibson. Phenomenal tip. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, I think Brandy had a, 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 an inkling that it might pull off or come off. Um, but yeah, Owen actually picked it. Um, phenomenal tip from him. Uh, I did not see this happening at all. I think if you said that the Dolphins keep it within 10, I would have said maybe, and then you might have had an argument that, well, if they keep it within 10, do you think that maybe they'll have a, a sneaky chance at the end? I, I would have said no. I, um, yeah, a huge upset for the Dolphins. I, uh, I think back to the time Wayne Bennett ambushed the Bulldogs uh, in 2006 when they were down 20-6 to at halftime, and then they won 37-20 at the end of the game, 31 answered points and, and went on to win the grand final from that prelim. Um, and the time that our Maroons beat the Blues in the 2020 decider, I think this one is up there with those, but I would probably have those two wins up a little bit higher. But um, yeah, brilliant from the Dolphins to beat a, a Rooster side that's touted as uh, one of the premiership favourites. This isn't the first time that Wayne Ben has done this, by the way. So he was the inaugural coach of the Brisbane Broncos, as everybody would well know. He was also a, a co-coach of the Raiders the year before that. And so 1987, the Raiders lose in the grand final to the Manly Seagulls. And then 1988, as the Brisbane Broncos coach, he leads them to a demolition of the reigning premiers, the Manly Seagulls, in 1988. A demolition. It was like 44 to 10 or something like that. Absolute crazy demolition. They had some handy players, to be fair, uh, like including Wally Lewis and Alan Langer and that. Friendy, what, what the heck? What a, what a start for the Dolphins. Crazy. Yeah. And, yeah, Uncle Wayne does it again. He uh, – I loved – did you watch the press conference? I did. It was really, really good. <laughs> yeah, he was just sitting there smiling like a Cheshire cat. He um, and he even asked one of the journalists, oh, oh, you came up today, did you? After what you said about us a few weeks ago, I didn't think you'd show, but glad you liked that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was pretty good from the – Wiley old Fox Wayne Bennett and yeah, in terms of his biggest ambush, that that is right up there because their side on paper compared to the Roosters' side is yeah, worlds apart. Yeah, I think. And they just they as we spoke about in the preview, that attitude, effort, all the things that you can control, Wayne Bennett teams do that. So yeah, congratulations to them and yeah, good luck to them for the rest of the season. I I think they'll go okay. I still wouldn't have them in my eight, but I think they'll go all right. Yeah, we might have underestimated them a bit. And one thing that became really, really apparent is that they were they were up for the challenge. They had a lot of experience in key areas, or particularly in the forward pack. And they effort players is probably the right way to describe a lot of that forward pack. And also the back line. Like I think, you know, guys like Brinko Lee, he was a, a premiership winner with the Storm. You know, that's they turned him into that kind of center. You got guys like Hamaso, who wasn't normally recognized as an effort player, but a super talent, but then he ran for 150 meters 
including, you know, that try, which was maybe 30 of those meters. So he, he's putting in some effort as well. Like there was, there's a lot of effort play from that team. So I'm a big fan. And as a Brisbane resident, if officially the Dolphins represent a geographical area unnamed, but it, it's exciting. It's exciting that they have, you know, a lot of media around. There's billboards with this guy named Dwayne Bennett, a um, bit of a joke going around uh, Brisbane at the moment. And there's a vibe, you know, there was 32,000 people there the other day. KO Stadium for their game against the Raiders this weekend is already sold out. Uh, there's a vibe and it, it feels really cool. So good on the Dolphins. Boys, let's take a quick little break to hear from the BE after his phenomenal prediction about the Dolphins. Uh, he's got a phenomenal prediction for this week, including two games, actually. So stay tuned. We'll be back really soon. Morning, boys. This is Owen Gibson, the Big E. This is now my Big E phenomenal tip of the week. Uh, this is a, uh, a new tip, actually. I uh, know I'm not going to tip the Cowboys, but yes, I am going to Soccer Stadium with my good brother. Against the Broncos, good luck. My phenomenal tip of the week, I'm going to tip against the Panthers against South Sydney Rabbitohs. It's going to be tough. My star kicker for the Panthers is actually going to be Mason Cleary. And a star try is actually going to be two, Chumo Luai, Ruan, and pass the ball, pass it to Brian Toho, will step in and pass it Back to Arsacio to get a winning try. That's my phenomenal tip of the week. And oh yeah, <coughs> and also make first in mate. Wow, <coughs> it's gonna be tough. Fendi against Chris Warren. <sighs> Newcastle Knights nice, up to against West Tigers. Oh man. Good luck, boys. I don't know who's going to win. Um, <clears throat> for me, I'm in a difficult situation here. I think it, it would be a close match. Uh, good luck to Fendi and Chris Waring. Good luck. Sorry, Chris. Uh, no, I did not tip first targets. I'm actually going to tip. You got some nice. I don't want to let you down, Fendi. Yeah, that's my phenomenal tip of the week. Have a great day. Have a phenomenal day. Peace. The Big E. What, what? Welcome back to Above the Horizontal. My name is Bo Nicholson. I'm joined by Daniel Friend and Kieran Gibson. And that was the BE's phenomenal tip of the week. Thank you to Owen Gibson. And a shout out to his partner, Luca who has been tuning in very recently. She's very new to the sport of rugby league, but such as her love of her partner, the Big E, she is very keen to study up. So big shout out to you as well, Luca. Boys, the Big E had a few tips there, including uh, one about your Knights getting up, Friendy, in the Wearing Friend Cup, the Tigers versus the Knights. We will tackle that in just a moment, but... First thoughts, do you agree that the Big E's on the right track? Uh, I think he's on the right track for a few things, but maybe not my Knights. I guess we'll see. I mean, I hope he's right, but we'll talk (laughs) about that a bit more when we discuss the game, I reckon. We definitely will. The first game is on Thursday night, as the Big E mentioned. It's the Panthers versus the Rabbitohs at Bluebet Stadium. So the 
Panthers will be looking to not lose their third game in a row at Blue Bet Stadium. Who would have thunk it at the start of the season? Uh, in terms of outs and ins, there's a few changes in forward packs. Scott Sorensen is out with concussion protocols. They've got Matthew Eisenhuth coming in, very solid citizen. The Rabbitohs have been rocked, as we mentioned. Tavita Tatola was out basically within 20 seconds of that game. So Daniel Saluka Fafita has come into the starting pack. Jai Arrow is also out. Jed Cartwright is joining the squad. Friendy, who do you like here? Yeah, I like the Panthers to bounce back here. I just think their their class will show through this week, and I'm expecting young Nathan Cleary to show his championship qualities. And, uh, yeah, I, I think he'll have a really big game and the Panthers to bounce back. I, I just don't know why Souths would even risk Luttrell this early in the season, they're saying that he's got a PCL injury. I just – why would you risk him? I think he's just named there. It's a bit of um, Ducks and Drakes, and I think Blake Taff will actually play fullback. But, yeah, Penrith to bounce back for mine. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't mention that, but he – yeah, a small injury. Kieran, would you be risking Latrell Mitchell at this point, and who do you think is going to win? I think it's a terrible idea. Um, I think the Panthers will bounce back this week as well. Um, I might give the Rabbitohs some chance if they had Totola and Arrow, uh, but yes, Saluka Fafita and Burgess are not the most disciplined front rowers. Um, whilst they can have a good game, um, if they do anything silly, that could um, cost their team if they get put in the bin. Uh, and then, yeah, I just think the Panthers, as friendly said, have too much class anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about the lack of punch that the Rabbitohs are going to have in the middle there uh, against guys like Leota, Lenyu, and of course, Fisher-Harris. So... Kosh, of course, as uh, as the old uh, uh, Sean Connery comes out. Uh, I'm going to go to the Panthers as well. Let's move forward to Friday at 6 p.m. from Points Bet Stadium. It says Points Bet Stadium, but it has the Eels as first. Is it actually at Points Bet Stadium? It says Points Bet Stadium on the uh, NRL.com. But anyway, it's the Eels and the Sharks Friday evening. Now, in terms of changes, uh, the Eels are welcoming back Sean Russell, young gun Sean Russell, on the wing. The Sharks will be without Jack Williams and Wade Graham. They are replaced by Royce Hunt, who is returning after injury. And Connor Tracy, Kieran Gibson fan club legend. He'll be on the bench. Kieran, that's an automatic Sharks tip, isn't it? Uh, Very close. He's not starting, though, so... Yeah, it could cost the, the Sharks uh, an early start. Hopefully Tracy comes on and claws that back towards the end. But uh, I'm still probably probably going to tip the Eels. I think, I think uh, yeah, there's probably just a bit too much class for me in that Eel side compared to the Sharks. I'm just thinking, I think this game will probably be decided by X Factor and I think the Eels probably have a little bit more of that at the moment. Yeah, I'm going to tip the Eels here. I just think it's it's very hard to win without your best players in this competition, in particular the reigning Dalian medalists. So uh, I, whilst I think the Sharks played all right the other night, I think they'll do a decent job again. They've got some um, pretty sort of old pros in their side, which will do a decent job. But yeah, i just got to tip Parramatta here. I think they'll have too many points. I am trying to think back to what I tipped. I think I tipped the Sharks. I think I tipped the Sharks, and there's a couple of reasons for that. One, I think the Sharks are just a, a more rounded outfit just generally, so I'm going to tip them more than the Eels more often than not. I, I, the bench, as the dog chimes in, obviously disagreeing with my decision. Uh, the Eels bench, we mentioned it last week, it, it's not great, and the Sharks bench is really, really good, especially when you add legendary Connor Tracy in there. So 
I'm going to go for the Sharks. I think Braden Trindle showed just enough to get the job done. The last game is, on Friday that is, is the Broncos and Cowboys from Suncor Stadium as they kick off big time the dogs mm. out here. Uh, we've got Reese Walsh returning to, or, you know, playing his first game for the Broncos, rather. Um, he moves into fullback. Selwyn Cobbo back to the wing. Jesse Arthur's unlucky. I think he's been really, really good in the trials and round one. The Cowboys are unchanged. Friendy, what's the go here? This will be an absolute bell ringer of a match. Oh, I can't wait to watch this. I think it'll be fast track. Suncorp Stadium, uh, two Queensland teams going at it. So hopefully we'll see a Queensland team go down for the first time this year, <laughs> unless there's a draw. Uh, but yeah, I'll be tipping the Cowboys here. Uh, as you know, they're my premiership favourites. Uh, I'm pretty hot on them, so I'm just going to go with them. I-, I thought their first half last week was really good, Then they played with their food a little bit in the second half. So I expect Todd Payton to sort of iron out that complacency and, yeah, the Cowboys to win in a really, really entertaining game. I hope it is entertaining, especially for you, Kieran. You'll be attending with the with the BE. Who do you have for this one? Um, I probably just have my Cowboys, but... Oh, it's hard after that game last week. Uh, the Broncos had against the Panthers, and then Reese Walsh comes. Reese Walsh comes back in. Um, I just think the Cowboys have a a little bit more class. I really like Townsend's game against the Raiders. I thought he was really impressive. Um, uh, you pointed out while we were at the pub that that try, or it may not have been a try, but he at least got a repeat set from it, where he picked up the ball with one hand and then almost in the same motion grabbed it through to the in goal. Mm. Just yeah, some of his uh, touches were. Absolutely class. The try he set up for drink water. Yeah, he's really – I thought he might have a, a slower season compared to last, so that, that quite surprised me. And then drink water, Holmes, who didn't have the, the best game against the Raiders, but uh, I think he, he could bounce back here in a derby. Yeah, I'm just going to go with the Cowboys, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. It's, it's, a, it's a heart pick um, because the Broncos were super impressive, so I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be a really, really great game. On Saturday afternoon, we have the Roosters versus the Warriors. Roosters looking to bounce back, and they will have Joey Manu joining the the side in order to do that. Drew Hutchison back to the bench. Uh, Fletcher Baker will be starting. Matt Lodge will be out for quite a while. Did you guys see his injury? That was quite something. Mm. He's he's already pretty brutal looking face. Is looking even worse. Sure. Uh, the Warriors don't have any changes from what I can tell. They're sticking true. Uh, they've got a couple of people in the reserves that might make it back, including Bailey Sirinan, but Warriors are sticking true after beating the Knights. Kieran, who do you like here? I've got to go to the Roosters. I, uh, I said the same thing last week um, against probably similar leveled opposition in the, the when you compare the Dolphins and the Warriors to each other. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think I can look past the Roosters two weeks in a row. Um, against that sort of opposition, I think they'll do this fairly comfortably at home. It's worth mentioning, by the way, that uh, Brandon Smith and Victor Radley are under injury clouds with HIA protocols as well. So uh, if they were out, would that change your tip, Kieran? No. I mean, Joey Manu comes back in um, this week uh, for Corey Allen. Um, no, I don't think so. What about what about you, Freddie? Is it is it a matter of... They were, they were pretty unimpressive in round one, but just their overwhelming class on paper being too good for the Warriors, or do you have an upset coming? Yeah, I'm going to tip the Roosters, but it'll be a lot closer than people think, I would have thought. there's They really struggle. Their record without Jared Warrior Hargraves is 
pretty atrocious. Mm. And I think you saw that in the first round where there was no real, whilst their pack looked good on paper, there was no real dominant sort of um, big fella out there, I, I don't think. And a few of them went off for HIAs, things like that. So hopefully that turns around and goes a little bit better. And uh, they sort of give Walker, Kiri and Tedesco a bit more room to move. But yeah, I'll tip the Roosters, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion by any means. I'm kind of with you. I like the Roosters in this one. The Warriors are quietly putting together a pretty well-balanced roster. They're not quite in that elite category yet, obviously. But with guys like Wade Egan and Chance Nickel Klukstar, you know you're going to get consistent effort and good performances from key positions right there. So then it's just a matter of... And the forward pack's pretty good too, really. So uh, they're not that bad, the Warriors, but I will go for the Roosters as well. Dolphins versus Raiders at KO Stadium up in Redcliffe. Uh, that gives you a clue about where the Dolphins are from. Uh, in terms of changes, Ray Stone is out. They're going to have a debut for Mason Teague, who as recently as May last year was the Panthers' SG ball captain. Uh, and then graduated to Jersey Flag, and now he's in the NRL on the bench. He was a lock forward. Rapina is out with that aforementioned suspension after that tackle on Drinkwater. That brings Albert Hopawate into the side, and he will play on the wing. I will be curious to see if that stays that way because they could just move Sebastian Chris to the centers, but they seem pretty stuck on that plan. Friendy, who do you like in this one? I'm pretty hot on the Raiders here. I expect the Dolphins after that big emotional high last weekend um, and they're, yeah, I think they might come not crashing back down to earth, but I think they might get a little bit of a reality check from uh, Ricky Stewart's Raiders. I think Ricky will have the boys right up for this after letting that one sort of slip away at the end last week. And I think, yeah, the Raiders will get the job done. I don't know if I think the Raiders will win comfortably, but I I do expect them to win. I think the way that they hung in against one of the premiership favourites of the Cowboys and um, clawed back an 18-0 deficit, I thought that was... um, really brave and uh, showed a lot of determination from the Raiders to do that away from home in the heat of Townsville. I'll definitely be tipping the Raiders, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I, in a close one, will also go for the Raiders. Uh, Sam Reese does you boys, for sure. The next game is Saturday evening at Amy Park. It's the Storm and the Bulldogs. For the Storm, Cameron Munster is out. That was a horrific injury that he suffered. We didn't mention that. That was really impressive from him, to be honest. Tyron Wishart is going to be 5'8". Uh, and for the Bulldogs, they're sticking pretty true with that team that got absolutely hammered by the Sea Eagles. Uh, they were in that game for 20 minutes or half an hour, but were blown away by class in the end. Kieran, how do you see this one going? Um, I expect the Storm to win. Um, they're at home. I thought they were really tough against the Eels in a, a game that the Eels, I thought, looked better in attack for fairly large periods, but the Storm defended really, really well. Um, and the Bulldogs looked a, a bit lost in attack, um, I thought, uh, kicked out on the fall a few times. Um, and then, yeah, um, I still think the Storm spying even without um, Cameron Munster is still uh, one of the better spines in the comp. I've got to go the Storm. Yeah, I'll be tipping Melbourne here, and I think they get the job done. Uh, comfortably and yeah Canterbury just don't have enough points in them at the moment unfortunately Uh, in patches their defense looked a little bit better the other day at Brookvale but yeah again even with players out uh, of Munster's quality I just expect Storm to just get the job done I agree with that Storm for me too 
as mentioned in the Big E's phenomenal prediction or phenomenal tip of the week, it is the Wearing Friend Cup. Chris Waring's West Tigers versus Daniel Friend's Newcastle Knights. <laughs> yeah, it's got a bit of that feel to it, doesn't it? Uh, it's had Leichhardt Oval again for the Tigers, which has proven to be no fortress after last week. The team they've named is very similar, although last week they did make a, a swap with Sau and Simkin, and they also swapped Offerhand Gaway and Twal. So that'll be interesting to see if they do that again. Pole is out with Alex Seyfarth coming onto the bench. For the Knights, Adam Elliott is injured and Jack Johns comes into the side in the only change. Oh, no, and Dane Gagai returns also. Um, that would be remiss of me not to mention. Friendy, you did make a sound there earlier. Yeah. You're, not, you're not feeling super confident about the Knights this season. Do you give them any chance at all? Uh, somewhere between Buckley's and none. Um they have got yeah zero chance Newcastle. I just we're, we're terrible. We're, we're really really bad. Uh, I just can't see how we're going to win this game. Our attack is a disgrace. Uh, our defence isn't much better. So yeah, unfortunately, uh, we will not be winning on Sunday. And I believe the Tigers will get the job done. And I think Api Corusel will have a field day. Well. Uh, do you have some concerns about the Tigers as well? Because uh, I was reading the stats when I was with uh, with Miles mm. and Kieran the other day, and the Tigers won mm. basically every stat except for errors and yeah. like the scoreline, yeah. pretty much. So uh, yeah. they also have some issues with attack. Yeah, different issues though. So the Tigers, they're using the ball, I believe, in, in the right way and in an attacking manner and trying to create space and get people one-on-one with bodies in motion and all the things that me from the couch can see that there's something there. They just kept dropping the ball. That was their issue. Things like Luke Brooks getting the ball and basically trying to pass it before he even mm. caught it. I mean, we've spoken enough about poor Luke. Um, he needs to take up another sport, I think. <laughs> but... Um, there's there's something there. like And when Appy came on, they scored, what, 18 points or something like that. So there is something there. Newcastle against a Warriors side who were the wooden – were they wooden spoon last year or were they second Tigers last? Tigers wooden spoon. Second last. Yeah, Tigers wooden spoon. So the Warriors won, like, what, five games or something last year. The defense was atrocious. They conceded over 700 points or something ridiculous. We scored 12 points. And honestly, I, I thought we were lucky to score that many. We, we don't use the ball. We are just completely one out. Um, there, there's just It's just one out, and then we get to a point to play a block for a block, and, and that's it. And it's you, Adam O'Brien can go on about, I've been to four grand finals, blah, 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 I've been in this system, that system. Yeah, well, that, that's great when you had guys like Munster, Smith, Kronk, and things like that, like a, a, a Tedesco. So... I mean, I think I could coach them how to attack. Like, let, let's be real. O'Brien, since coming here, our attack's just been pathetic. There, there is, it's just impotent. There is absolutely nothing happening. We need to throw some caution to the wind, create some offloads, or I don't know, maybe even shift from our own half, or who knows? Like, just try something instead of this one-out rubbish, and then it's just out the back, out the back for Kalen. Like, it's just not working. Um, yeah, uh, if it changes on Sunday, I'll be very surprised. But we just can't go toe-to-toe with teams and try and play this error-free, 
no-frills game. We, we just don't have the side for that. We've got to throw some caution to the wind and take a punt, but old mate sitting in the coach's box just so shit scared of losing his job, well, he's going to lose it anyway. So you may as well have a crack, mate. I tend to agree with most of that. Kieran, how do you feel about this game, the Tigers versus the Knights? Uh, after watching that Titans-Tigers game on Sunday, I was not crash hot on the Tigers at all. But then Friendies kind of just reminded me how poor I thought the Knights were as well. Um, yeah, I think uh, Adam O'Brien could be hot on the heels of, of Hook if the Dragons have a bad start as well for first coach sacked. Um, I've actually heard Tyson Gamble say that he thinks Kevin Walters is a, a better coach than O'Brien on a podcast. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I thought the Tigers uh, actually rolled down the field quite well. Um, they were starting most of their sets like fairly deep in their half in the second half and then ending up on the night or sorry, the Titans try line. They just weren't able to execute and score enough points. Uh, that said, I still thought their attack was really poor as well. I don't know. I, I, I can sort of see this either being a, a really high scoring game or, or teams, both sides just not knowing how to score a try. Um, I'm probably, oh, I'm probably just going to go the Tigers, but I, I don't really know why. I'm just going to say the Tigers. I'm about the same level of, of confidence as, Kieran, not the same level of confidence as Friendy. I'm going to go to the Tigers as well, but I, I, you know, they're both not really impressing me much to quote the great Shania Twain. And the last game of the round is the Dragons versus Titans at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. It's the first hit out for the Dragons. Some of the things that I noticed in their lineup was that Jaden Sullivan has the first track at 5'8", despite the fact that Junior Amon, sorry, Talatau Amon, uh, has been cleared with the whole no-fault stand-down thing. That's an interesting turn of events. Uh, Toby Couchman makes his debut off the bench. Congratulations to him. Jacob Little is on the bench with Moses Embi starting at hooker. That's interesting. Uh, we also have Jack Bird at lock. I think that's a great decision. Good on Anthony Griffin for making one of those. And Ben murdoch Masilla out wide. All some interesting decisions there as the dogs kick off again next door. The Titans are unchanged, if memory serves, but Kieran Foran is under a bit of an injury cloud. If he is out, I would suggest it'll probably be Toby Sexton that jumps in straight into the halves there. Kieran, who do you like in the Dragons versus Titans? Uh, I was quite impressed with the the Titans, especially their first half uh, and then their defense in the second half. Um, whilst I said I, I do think they conceded too many meters uh, to the Tigers in that second half, they really defended their line well, um, kept turning the Tigers away. Uh, and then some of the tries they scored um, were quite expansive uh, and good. I, I think Philip Sami's first try was pretty much length of the field and there was some quite enterprising play involved there. I thought Dave Fafita, who I've been quite critical of, had one of his better games. Um, mm-hmm. He looked much, much better with uh, four. And, uh, actually, was he on the same? I don't know who, if, who he, he was. He was with four. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was um, someone who can put him through a hole. And then even when four wasn't uh, putting him through a hole, he just looked more motivated in general, I thought, to try and break tackles. Um, yeah, I'm going to go the Titans. Yeah, I'm going to tip St. George here. Uh, I don't believe Kieran Foran will play mm. I think or if he does he's completely on one leg he, he couldn't walk the other day let alone run and he's just it just shows that the toughness of the man getting back in the defensive line and making a few tackles before he went mm. off um yeah I just I, I think whilst I do think St George are my wooden spoon favorites I, I believe they'll get the job done this week and it's basically because Ben Hunt's the best player on the field that, that's basically it 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Teletel Moan comes in and uses the sports bet dolphin, the hammer, like he's been doing off the field. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I'll be, I'll be tipping St. George, though. How long have you been sitting on that one for? Since the uh, wild cards? Uh, no, just when you mentioned him then, I just thought, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's quite that's a hard <laughs> um, I... I'm going for the Titans, but you raise a good point about a healthy Kieran Foran. I think he makes a big difference. So hopefully he is healthy for that prediction. Uh, if he is not healthy or if he's ruled out, I might switch my tip to the Dragons because they do have a lot of class in that team. I know they haven't been at their best for a number of years now, but there is some class. Boys, let's talk some bold predictions. I'll kick us off. I think the Queensland derby on Friday night between the Broncos and the Cowboys will be one of those classics, and I'm going for a golden point uh, victory to either team. Uh, I don't mind, but I think the game will go into golden points. So that's my bold prediction. Friendy, what's yours? My bold prediction, Bo, is my boy, one of my favorites, Harry Grant, will be man of the match again, and that'll get him another six points. The Dally M's been rejigged mm-hmm. again this year where there's two people that vote. I believe he'll get three from each of them and get six and be a top of the Dallium leaderboard, which I think ultimately end of the year he'll be winning. Lovely. I would like to see that. Kieran, what's your bold prediction this week? I've got sort of similar to Friendy. I've got a drink water to end the round hot on the heels of Harry Grant. I think you'll get um, the six Dallium points, be one point behind Harry Grant, um, and I think you'll have at least two try involvements. Uh, whether that be try assists or tries in a Cowboys win. I would love to see that too. Boys, thank you. Thank you very, very much for your predictions for round two. This is the end of the episode. Friendy, are you jumping into an episode about beers in the sheds? What can we what can we expect in that one? Yeah, I'll be chatting with Josh for Beers in the Sheds season two, episode two, a little bit later tonight. It'll be lots of sport, lots of beer. Uh, and a bit of rubbish talk that we like as well, and our bets of the week, which I am none from one. So hopefully we only up from here. <laughs> By the way, in your ale or bale segment from last episode, Virat Coley, mm-hmm. while he is one of the best batters in the world, it's a bale for me. A couple of reasons. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't drink beer for a start, but also, mate, uh, he just seems like a flog. I don't know if I could. <laughs> Bale with Virat Kohli. Yep. So, Bale, I think. There you go. Well, Did you land on Bale as well? No, I had an ale with him. I want to have a beer with him in India and see all the people mob him and see what it's all about being a, an absolute superstar in, in Indian cricket. Well, that's not a bad chat, actually. I wouldn't mind to go to India myself. Mm. And Kieran Gibson, uh, enjoy the footy this weekend, especially going to the game on Friday night. Send us some photos. Let us know how the atmosphere is. Yeah, will do. Looking forward to it very much. Uh, been getting to it for a few years in a row now. Always a good atmosphere. And always some good photos with you and the Big E. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in to this episode. Uh, if you can, please go find us on Facebook. You can like and you can comment and all that sort of stuff. Interact with us. Let us know about the, the HIA protocols. How are the Dolphins going to go this year? What are your tips this week? Uh, and also make sure you subscribe so you can go above the horizontal again next week when we preview round three. But until then... Above the Horizontal is a rugby league podcast by the fans and for the fans. It's produced by our entire team of former writers for Real Sport, including Daniel Friend, Christopher Waring, Miles Steppen, Kieran Gibson, and me, Bo Nicholson. 
We'd love it if you could support us by telling a rugby league fan about us so they can go above the horizontal as well. Thanks for listening. See you next time. You know what's tricky sometimes? Picking who is going to win at the Oscars. You have to get yourself to a cinema to see all the movies, or at least have all the possible streaming services to make sure you don't miss a single one. You have to pay attention to all the precursor award shows to see who's winning so far. The Golden Globes, the BAFTAs, they're the pretty obvious ones. But don't forget the Critics' Choice Awards, or the SAGs, or the DGAs, or the PGAs, or the Eddies, or the Gothams, or the AFI Top 10, or the National Board of Review. Ugh. Exhausting, right? Or you can just join me for Academy Watch on the We Made This Podcast Network. I'm the host, Bo Nicholson, and I've been reading the trends, keeping stats, and seeing as many movies as humanly possible, and I can tell you who the big players will be on the big night. Me and a different guest each week will also be dissecting one of the key movies each season, including giving out personal awards and diving into them thematically. Will everything everywhere all at once remain the frontrunner and win Best Picture, or will a film seize the momentum late in the season to storm home, like Coda did last year? Time will tell, but what I do know is that as it happens, you'll hear it on Academy Watch, wherever you get your podcasts.